Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets off-season show. I am your host, Paul. We have finally all calmed down from what was a fun, if not controversial, Super Bowl and NFL season. And we are hitting the best part of the NFL, the off-season, where every fan can once again believe their team is going to make the right moves to win the Super Bowl. And guess what? Tom Brady has finally retired. If you want Tom Brady love, go somewhere else. Yes, he is the greatest quarterback to have ever played the game, and you will never see another player who comes into the league, plays 20-plus years, wins more championships than anyone else, and is still the hungriest player on the field. But I'm sick of the TB12 drama, and it's time to move on. And it's a good time. The NFL is in good hands. Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen have all played in a championship game or better, and they're all still young and should be doing this for many more years. But let's look at the rest of the divisional round QBs. Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott. All eight of these quarterbacks, including Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen, are all under the age of 30. The last time that that has happened was 2004, almost 20 years ago, when Ben Roethlisberger, Chad Pennington, Michael Vick, Mark Bulger, Dante Culpepper, Donovan McNabb, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady all played in the divisional round. Now, like the 2004 season, not all of the 2022 quarterbacks will be back. Still is unknown about Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, what they can do to come back. And even Jalen Hurts, was this a flash-in-the-pan season, or will he, or is he truly the next great young quarterback? He looked dynamic in the Super Bowl, and had the Eagles won, he likely would have been the MVP. Not likely, he would have been the MVP. But... Because there are good young quarterbacks playing right now, that doesn't mean that there aren't QB issues. 11 teams potentially don't have their starting quarterback on their roster right now. And this doesn't count Pittsburgh, who might be stuck with Kenny Pickett, Seattle, who will likely move forward with Geno until they don't, and the Baltimore Ravens, who should still get a deal done with Lamar until they don't get a deal done. Green Bay and San Francisco both have interesting quarterback situations, but the answers are already on their team. Will it be Rodgers or Jordan Love? And in San Francisco, will Brock Purdy miss significant time, allowing Trey Lance to potentially get more than two starts in a season under his belt? There are some interesting things I'd like to see the NFL do. One, expand the schedule. Expand the regular season. Move it to 18 games with two bye weeks. Start the season at least two weeks earlier. The bye weeks should come between weeks 5 and 8 and 11 and 14. Penalties, roughing the passer... A lot has been made of penalties and refs taking over games, and while it has been distracting, there are just too many infractions refs need to watch out for that makes their jobs more difficult than in the past when most plays were legal. With the increase of player protection, which I do support, it will increase the amount of phantom calls and missed penalties. I would like to see defensive holding go away, or at the very least, it needs to be an egregious holding, similar to what they allow offensive linemen to get away with. I know Bradbury said it was the right call at the end of the Super Bowl, but that was a weak fucking call. I'd also like the NFL to examine some of the roughing the passer calls. I don't agree that your hand coming into contact with the QB's helmet should be a 15-yard penalty. If you need to penalize it, make it a 5-yard penalty, not a penalty that at minimum flips field position. I don't envy the job the NFL has here in determining what's the best way to sack a quarterback, because not all QBs are built and operate the same. It doesn't take much to knock Jimmy Garoppolo down, but a player like Josh Allen is going to make you work for it. 
Should NFL referees call roughing the passer differently for mobile QBs versus immobile? And then there's injuries. A recent report on ACL injuries since 2013 came out, and the top six teams who lost players to ACLs all play on grass as opposed to turf. With many people saying turf isn't the problem, I do disagree. Players who do play on turf understand the feel of the ground and physiologically are better equipped to play on turf and grass, as opposed to those who play and practice on grass. If the NFL is going to allow turf, then all teams should be playing on turf to help each other acclimate to the feel and give of the ground. The NFL also needs to amend their roster rules. As I've stated, I'm, I'm all for player protection, and in that same breath, one must acknowledge that if you must remove a player from the game for a concussion, then teams need protection, specifically at the quarterback position. There is no more important position in all of sports than the QB. As offenses have become more exotic, not just in the passing game, but in the run game as well, to force teams to limit roster spots at this position will create situations like we saw in the NFC Championship game. It was a light workout for Philadelphia before they traveled to become the second team to blow a 10-point lead to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And this isn't the NFL of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Al Davis's just-win-baby isn't enough. There is too much coaching, nutrition, and study that circumvents bigger, faster, stronger. And to force San Francisco to reinsert Brock Purdy, who tore his UCL and couldn't throw the football aside from shot-putting at five yards is a black eye to the NFL. But I don't trust the NFL to do the right thing. The NFL has had every opportunity to do right by their players and their fans, however they have always acquiesced to money. They have profited while shit owners like Daniel Snyder, Stan Kroenke, and the Spanos family manipulate the system to screw over their fans. The NFL claims they support diversity while waiting five years before admitting they didn't support Colin Kaepernick in the way they should have. They claim inclusion while allowing Deshaun Watson to bend them over in the same manner he did his victims. The NFL could have shown strength by supporting the women of Houston and denying Watson's readmittance back into the NFL. Instead, the NFLPA threatened a lawsuit and the NFL backed down. They didn't fight. They didn't care. Calvin Ridley was suspended a year for betting on football games. Deshaun Watson was suspended 11 games for sexually assaulting dozens of women over the course of his time as a Houston Texan. The NFL has said plainly, betting on the sport is worse than being a predator and dehumanizing women. Tom Brady was suspended four games for removing less than one point of pressure from a football. 30 women alleged sexual assault. Does one sexual assault result in missing one-third of a game? That's what the NFL believes. And do you know what the Cleveland Browns believe? They believe he is worth the first fully guaranteed contract in NFL history. He's all right in their books. He has the right leadership qualities for owner D. Haslam, owner of the Browns. I love football. I love watching the 49ers. I grew up with Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Ronnie Lott. I cried when the Giants thwarted San Francisco's chances at a three-peat. I watched when Jimmy Johnson proclaimed, how about them Cowboys against my 49ers? I was happy for a crying Dick Vermeil who won his first and only championship with the Rams in a game that came a yard short from going to overtime. I jumped in excitement when Case Keenum hit Stephon Diggs down the right sideline for a game-winning touchdown that is the greatest play that I've ever witnessed in real time. I don't ask much from the NFL, other than to let the drama be on the field. Let me be that 10-year-old boy watching Montana hit Taylor in the back of the end zone in the last seconds of the Super Bowl. Let me be that 12-year-old who cried when the Giants kicked the field goal that ended San Francisco's reign. Let the tears and the joys be on the field. Let the tears and the joys be on the field. Let boys and girls all over the world find joy and heartbreak in the 60 minutes of action. 
rather than over lawsuits, litigations, and lack of league social awareness. Having said all that, I'm just a simple guy who enjoys simple pleasures, and the NFL, the Nevada State Gaming Commission, and High Sierra Bowling's football pool provide me those simple pleasures. The rest of the offseason, I will be evaluating each team and what I feel they need to do to improve, starting from the worst to first. I'm not a scout. My career is not in sports. I'm just a fan, so I won't give in-depth analysis of what players specifically a team should go for, rather just an overall summation of needs and how to fix them. I don't and will not do a mock draft, but I plan on reviewing each team's drafting history to give an idea of where teams draft well and where they don't. Stay tuned for the next episode where I will be covering the Bears, Texans, Cardinals, and Colts. See you then.